Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mistakes. Ow. All right. Best mistakes. We're back in a big way. In a big way, darling. This is our first time recording not in the same room as each other. This is how the other podcasters have been doing it this whole time during this pandemic. Oh my God, true. <laughs> I don't know how they've been doing that. No. I don't like it. No, me neither. I don't get, I'm like, where's the vibe? <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. I feel like I'm on a conference call. <laughs> um, just to circle back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're recording this intro. Not the whole episode. The other half of the episode, we're in the same room as each other, everyone. So don't worry, the vibe is, is still there. But yes. We're recording the intro um, on Zoom because we got back from our trip down south. And then you went even further south and went to Florida <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Now, if you ask Southerners, they'll say that I'm not in the South. I know, but, uh, but like, geographically. I'm in the South. <laughs> geographically. Also, just like, there are some Confederate flags <laughs> in this neighborhood. I'm in the South, baby. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's Confederate flags, like, in Vermont, too. So that's not always indicative of anything <laughs> um, other than racism, usually. But uh, how's how's Florida? Oh, my God. It's great. It's so warm. Um, and that's about it. I like just got to my mom's like an hour ago because she picked me up from the airport, her and my stepdad. And then we went and got lunch in Cocoa Beach. Um, and then we came back here and I set up for this. I love that. So I am still settling in. That's amazing. I mean, it sucks because I'm having extreme uh, post vacation blues. I have to say, Ugh, darling, I hear you, and uh, I, I can't, I can't mourn with you right now. <laughs> Call Kiwi; he'll mourn with you, I'm sure. I know. I mean, I got plans. Don't worry. I, I packed up my schedule for this week for this reason. I was like, I have to socialize, or I'm going to Good. kill myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no suicide, but uh, I want to be unalive right now. I mean, mood. Kiwi almost booked a flight to come stay in Florida for the week today. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, why don't we just do this another time? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh, practice some healthy uh, boundaries, boundaries <laughs> for a second. Uh-huh. I was like, I love that. And then I was like, actually, maybe I need to not be around people this week, yeah. except my mother and my stepdad. <laughs> except my mama. Though I'm totally trying to go on dates in this city. So I re-downloaded Tinder and I'm matching away with people. Yeah, go get pounded by that Florida dick, please. I would love me. to. And <laughs> try. <laughs> uh, after the week in the woods that we had, we both need to get absolutely <sighs> pounded. I know. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. I want. I wanted to... Rec- First of all, we just have to record because our episode comes out in two days. So it, two days. Needs to, it needed to be done. But I was also like... I want to record sooner rather than later because I want our trip to be still fresh in our minds and our hearts. <laughs> but then I'm like, today, like legit, I've just been crying all day. And I'm like, is this uh-huh. is this the, the mood to bring into the pod? But you know, we like I to mean, we like to bring in our true selves, our true vulnerable selves. So I got it. And our new gay husband. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, I guess. Let's get into it. River and Alex, <laughs> we husbands of the pod. Husbands of the pod. Um, yeah. And of course, it took me until like the third to last day to really like River. <laughs> um, and then the trip was over. Not me. So. I, um, I We arrived and I made eye contact and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, we arrived and I was like, I don't know about that one. And then he told us he was a Virgo and I was like, stay away from me. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but then we did Molly and I was like, oh, I love that boy. <laughs> that's all it takes. See, that's, it that's takes. the problem with Virgos is um, your mind tells you no, but your body tells you yes. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Um, JK, if you're a Virgo and you're listening to this, um, you have so much to bring to the table, and often it is pure heartbreak. But we love we love it anyway. Um, it worked out though because Alex is triple water. So I walked into that campsite and was like, "You, I want to be friends with you." <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, so for context, if you listened to last week's episode, you know that we were down south um, in North Carolina and Tennessee specifically getting our dollywood on and last you heard from us we were on our way to go camping um after dollywood and we arrived to the campsite and immediately um just latched on to some new lifers (laughs) and by that i mean lifelong friends um And uh, I don't know how else to put it other than that feeling very connected to new people um, has put me in a place where I have like there is like this extreme dopamine hit while while with them where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in love. I'm in love with new people. And that's what life is all about. Life is about connecting with new people and like, uh, you know, sharing your true self with um, the people around you and feeling seen by them. And we, there was a lot of that expressed on this camping trip, definitely with the assistance of acid and Molly <laughs> and ketamine. But um, the come down of those substances and that dopamine hit for me, at least has been, um, I've been like very overwhelmed by the feeling of, of like, all the connections I've made like that in my whole life. Um, Like all the other times that I felt like completely intoxicated by a new friend and a new person in my life. Um, So today has been a lot of like um, feeling kind of overwhelmed by that and like almost more alone than ever, even though what I'm feeling mm-hmm. is like immense connection. Technically, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, no, it does. I mean, I, I, to me, at least it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, 
The first time I ever experienced that feeling was when I watched The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Because mm. um, it's a big movie about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being so... I saw that like five times in theaters because I was... I would like shake from sobbing every time it would end and then I'd want to go back for more. And then when I went on my gap year and I started meeting people and having these connections, I was like, Oh, that's what that feeling is. Yeah. Um, so I like, I knew, I obviously didn't know who we would meet and what it would be like, but just from going to two fairy gatherings, I had like a feeling (laughs) that this might happen. Uh And I like, was prepared for it but like on the way out of the trip like walking out of the woods I was sobbing and I was like oh my god you just never get used to this no feeling I mean it's it's so strange like no matter how prepared you are like I went into it honestly being like because every you know I feel very strongly about you obviously I'm clinically obsessed with you and there's no (laughs) helping that so I I went in being like hey I, I expect to make some cool connections at least, but um, I knew it would at least be like probably a pretty emotional experience of just like being in the woods with my bestie. And like that happened too. We definitely had our share Mm -hmm. of um, moments of our own connection. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I like went into it kind of not, I I was like, I'll probably make new friends, but I did not go in being like, Oh, I'm going to have that feeling again. Basically the feeling that I had with you when you and I first became friends. But the thing Mm -hmm. that you and I have never had to do is walk away from each other like that. Yeah, be apart. (laughs) (laughs) Except for on the heels of this thing, basically. Um, Yeah. Just kidding. We've we've been apart for a week before. We'll be able to handle you being in in Florida. But um, anyway... um, so yeah, I, I feel similarly where I went in kind of anticipating it, but there's no real there's it's kind of like going on a roller coaster. You can know what you're about to experience, but there's no actual mm-hmm. preparation for the feeling of that like euphoric drop and the like buzzing in your body when it's over. <laughs> yeah. And I say that no, because absolutely. we went on some one I think for both of us, like one of our favorite roller coasters ever at Dollywood. Oh my god, that roller <laughs> yes. coaster can absolutely that roller coaster fucked me better than any person could. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, very bad. So that's why I use that comparison anyway. Um, and it's funny because you and I, we took on those, those Southern accents and we, oh my we, God. we put on our little characters for our new friends. I'll tell you I'll what, tell you what <laughs> my thoughts are still sounding like that. Um, and they were like, everyone was like, you better record as soon as you get back so that these characters are still fresh in your minds because that's going to be like the funniest episode ever. And then I'm, we're recording this episode and I'm like, sorry, gang, maybe next week, but I am too sad today to properly give you the show that you deserve, okay? And that that is just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, <laughs> darling. Mama, I mean, my God. Mama we're not wind-up dolls. <laughs> Mama needs her depressive episode. And in this case, I mean episode of the podcast. <laughs> but also episode that, of her life. That's what we will name this. Anya's depressive episode. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to just keep talking about what we're talking about in our Mistakes, Keepsakes, and Hot Takes, but we might as well jump yeah, into same. it, right? Mistakes, Keepsakes, and Hot Takes. All right, um, m- Mistakes, Keepsakes, 
Hot takes and even. hot takes. Um, <laughs> what what are they going to be for this trip? I'm uh, like for anybody who was not on this trip, <laughs> we sound very much like kids who just came back from their like year abroad, and we're like, oh, and we did, you, yeah, literally, we're like, oh, you just don't understand until you've immersed yourself in the culture. Um, like people live so differently in Spain or whatever. Like that's how we sound coming out of the woods of North Carolina right now, but. Sorry, that's what the beginning of this episode is. Uh, but the rest of this episode we recorded pre this camping trip, so <laughs> you get the, you get the good old us uh, after you suffer through these segments. Don't worry. Oh, this is why they keep coming back. Our besties love this shit. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they love our um, personality disorders that <laughs> that give give us a little bit of both. Okay. And if people don't like it, that ain't none of my business. That ain't none of darling. my business. Um, okay, go first, please. Or I can. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I can um, if you want. Okay. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, so my my mistake definitely was um, doing DMT in them damn woods. Oh, my God. I will never be touching that drug again because then even when I did it, the second time, like just the one hit when we were all on the beach a few nights later, um, I did like just enough that I tripped a little bit and I was like, oh, I really do not like this drug. <laughs> like, I do not like a drug that makes me lose control of being in my own body. Yeah. Um, do you want to so like talk about it at all? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, so for context, so, everybody listened to our DMT episode where we both did it for the first time and had a really nice time. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I still stand by everything we said. But we have same. we have a new perspective now because Nika <laughs> did it again while we were on this camping trip and um, had a very different experience. <laughs> yeah. So, um <laughs> Well, so for context, our friend um, gave me a very strong dose, um, stronger than he even realized in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously none of us were prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was also on other drugs. We had done acid and Molly that day. Uh Um, so I'm sure like that may have had an effect. Yeah. They, they do say to not do other drugs if you're going to do DMT. So I'm sure that had an effect. Yeah. So basically what happened for y'all listening is that I did a very strong hit and with, with our friend's device, you're supposed to do one, hold it, breathe it out two hold it, breathe it out three, hold it, breathe it out. And then you're on the trip. I just did the one and immediately let it out because even when we did DMT the first time, my lungs do not want to hold that shit in my body no matter how hard I try. So I inhaled it and immediately exhaled Mm -hmm. and immediately like felt myself lose consciousness and was like seeing the like really cool visuals that everyone talks about that I hadn't seen the first time, like mosque looking building mm-hmm. colors really cool and then all it went from zero to a hundred all i heard was a few of you say um make sure that she doesn't go in the fire mm-hmm. and my brain went into panic mode and i just like went off from there and immediately the energy got very 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 dark 
and I suddenly was in another like DMT dimension and couldn't really see anything. Everything was very hazy. But then I opened my eyes and I was at like a family cookout or a family party. Like my cousins were there, their children were there, their like in-laws were there, like uh, like 20 to 30 people. And my brain was like, you were just doing DMT in Asheville or outside, you know, in the woods in North Carolina with your friends on this trip to Asheville. Now you're here. How did that happen? And my cousins were like really upset that I was there. And I was like walking through like a fire, like a whatever kind of like barbecue pit they had Mm -hmm. and kept like getting up and falling down and getting up and falling down. And like their kids were laughing at me. They were really upset. They kept like pushing me back and like asking what I was doing. And so I was like, oh, my God, I had a psychotic break. And I'm in Rhode Island. Like, how did I get here? Um, And then I don't really know how long it felt like it was going on for. But then I heard you weren't talking, but I heard you talking. And then I, like, felt myself coming back, and then I, like, opened my, I, like, felt myself coming back, and then I kept my eyes closed and was like, do not open your eyes, because I was convinced that I had walked through the campfire and, like, fucked up our fire and, like, had hurt myself or hurt you guys, so I was like, keep your eyes closed, bitch, because you just did something really bad, your friends are going to be staring at you, they're going to be really mad at you, just don't come back yet. Mm. And then I like opened my eyes and like Kiwi had his arms around me and was like whispering in my ear and like telling me that I was like loved and that it was okay. And like, then I looked at you and you were there just looking at me and like everybody but Kiwi had like the most traumatized look on their face that like I've ever seen. It was like not something that it was like I felt loved, but I also was like, I don't want to be looking at any of you right now because I clearly was not the only one on this traumatic journey. And I don't want to be here at all. And that was it. Yeah. So as the one of the people that was present that was not on DMT when this happened and I didn't do any DMT because because of this experience um I probably will still do it again at some point but I was like I'm all set for now <laughs> um the experience uh from the outside looking in was very much that you took like a really really long inhale from the vaporizer because your first inhale was really short and everyone was like, oh, you got to take a deeper inhale the next time. And mm-hmm. then you like, I, I guess because you were already like a little bit fucked up from that first inhale, um, you like took that advice to heart and you like took the biggest fucking inhale and like, oh my God. And, it, and you were laying on your back and all of a sudden you dropped the vaporizer on your chest and it kind of hit your chest a little bit hard. Not like crazy hard, but th- something about it hitting your chest made you like pop up like it was like the 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 vaporizer 
touched your skin and and then you like bounced up as if you had like jumped up from like completely <laughs> horizontal to completely vertical without even like using your arms to lift you up. <laughs> and um and like your eyes were clearly gone, you know, like they were open but you were not seeing the world around you. Um and and so we were like that's when we said let's make sure she doesn't get into the fire because you had just jumped up and the fire was right mm-hmm. there. And of course, you know, when someone's doing DMT around you, you are instructed to not say anything because it will enter their trip. Um, But in that situation, we just wanted to communicate that to each other because we didn't want you in the fire. And I am regretful that we said that out loud because it did impact your experience, obviously. But, um, you know, we didn't want you in the fire. So that's (laughs) that's why that (laughs) happened. So we kind of like wrangled you a little bit, not like, you know, we, we very gently like touched your shoulders and your arms and sort of just like kind of got you to sit down and you like sat down on top of, um, on top of one of the people that was there so that they could kind of hold you. And then me and another one of the people there just kind of like kept our arms on your shoulders. Um, and you just kept looking back and forth at us. And your eyes were, like, wide open, but it was so clear that you were not actually, like, seeing us. You were, like, clearly seeing something else. Um, And we couldn't tell if you were breathing or not um, because your mouth was just open, but, like, no sound was coming out except for these, like, little hiccuping sounds. And you were, like, fully drooling. Like, you weren't swallowing. (laughs) And we were like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Like, none of us had ever seen a drug experience like this before. It's like what people who want to warn you about drugs, it's like what they think happens to people on acid, you know? Yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like never have I seen somebody actually behave that way. Um, and then it was just a matter of like really just sitting with you while we watched you clearly have like a terrible time in whatever world you were in. Um, and that was really hard for us because we wanted you to not be having a terrible time and we just wanted you to come back. But as soon as we knew for sure that you were breathing, we were like, okay, let's just sit here and wait it out. Because luckily, it's not acid, so it's going to only last a few minutes, you know? It lasted way longer than it should have, I think. But it still was not like, you know, a bad acid or mushroom trip, which lasts sometimes an entire fucking day. So at least that, yeah. at least that was not a concern. Like, we knew that you would be back soon enough. Um, and yeah, that was really, really, uh, (laughs) the traumatized look on our faces was, um, accurate. All of us were like, oh my God, (laughs) like what did, what just happened? Um, but I, in retrospect, you know, I think it was just because we were really, really worried that you were having like a really terrible time and we didn't want that. And I was. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, when it was offered later on the, on that same, on the camping trip for me to do DMT again, I was like, I think I'm going to go ahead and, uh, not do it without a proper shaman there. Like we did the first time. Yeah. Not that like our friend was a, I don't know how, if he would call himself a quote unquote shaman, but he administered it in a very, very thoughtful and deliberate way and really curated an experience for us in a way that like, doing it casually next to a campfire with people who mostly have no idea what they're doing was maybe not the move. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Apart, there was one friend present who knew what he was doing. The person whose name we bleeped out, but yeah. 
I would say that he had a more casual approach to it for sure. So yeah. I think that was part of it. Um, but, you know, live and learn. And I'm sorry that that happened. It was definitely terrifying. You know what? It's fine. Everyone needs to have at least one bad drug experience in their life. And I've done so many drugs and have never had a bad drug experience. So, And I think um, it's important for us to say after having an episode where we're like, oh, my God, DMT is amazing. You know, like we should. Yeah. Now that we've had this experience, it's only right to report back (laughs) to our listeners. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um. But I still, I still stand by that everyone should do DMT at some point, but definitely in a very deliberate setting. It is not. Yeah, I do too. Not a party drug, it turns out. Yeah, no, it's just definitely not a drug that I, um, at least for the time being, have any interest in doing again. Like I said, I don't. I love doing psychedelics and doing drugs because they make me like they make me feel even more present in my body, and I like realize that after doing DMT because both. Both times I've done it now, the part that I have not liked is that, like, lose all control of myself and my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, not a feeling that I like. Yes. I think that's why I hate benzos, to be honest, and I downers. I completely, completely relate to that. I mean, you and I are very, very similar people. And I think one of the things that we connect so much on is what, like, kind of... um for lack of a better word, like intellectual people we are and like how in our brains we are. And Mm -hmm. we like drugs that enhance that experience more than inhibit Mm -hmm. it. And it can be, you know, I mean, another drug we did on this trip was uh, like ketamine and we did ketamine in a much more (laughs) serious way than we did casually at parties um, before this. So that is a drug that definitely takes you out of your body and out of your mind to an extent also. But um, for whatever reason, it was very pleasant in the context that we were doing it, I guess. But that, I think, is the only drug I've ever experienced that, like, really fucking knocks you out that I actually, like, enjoy. Because even when we did DMT the first time, I enjoyed it because of the situation we were in and because of the new perspective it provided to me. I didn't really enjoy the feeling of it. Even when we did it yeah. the first time, I felt very like, ooh, I am like, I am not here. <laughs> and that's yeah, cool. Scary. That's cool to observe, but it's not like a feeling I enjoy. Yeah, um, so I can definitely sure. see how DMT can kind of get into an uncomfortable place real fast. It goes from profound to like not okay pretty quickly. Too dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, ooh, no, thank you. <laughs> no. Cause even with ketamine, like you like, you know, ketamine like debilitates you, but your mind is, your mind yeah. is so present. Yes, definitely. And that's the cool part is that you're like, I don't have a body anymore, but my brain is here. My brain I'm is just here. Brain. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just a brain. That is what's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. about ketamine is you're like a floating brain all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can definitely see if I ever get like some, any, like if I ever suffer from serious chronic pain, I think ketamine is going to be like the drug of choice for me because, um, yeah. You really, like, are not in your body anymore. Not to endorse any specific drugs. I think often us saying we enjoy a drug sounds like we're saying, like, <laughs> there's no risks that come with it. And, like, ketamine can be addictive, no, and etc. But I enjoyed it a lot on this particular trip that we did. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to balance that out with a keepsake? <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give Kiwi a little shout-out here. Yeah. Um. Because my keepsake definitely 
was just like all of the time that I got to spend like being so like intimate with him in like a non-sexual way. Um, and just like having like a big realization on shrooms or Molly, I don't remember which drug it was on. <laughs> um, where I was like, Oh, like you really are like my brother. Mm. Um, who I like make out with when I'm on drugs, but I don't know, just like being, you know, being like that, like cuddly and close with him, um, was very nice. Cause we don't really, we never like, we're like very close, but we don't get like as like touchy in the real world as we did on this trip. And also just all of the conversations I had with you, just I, the keepsake was the way that the drugs facilitated, um, breaking down walls and the little barriers that still exist in my very close friendships Mm -hmm. and being able to have like really nice, open, loving conversations without feeling inhibited Mm -hmm. by other people who weren't on drugs or aren't on drugs and might make me feel like I'm being that person on drugs (laughs) because everybody that we were spending time with was usually on the same drug as us, if not a drug. Um, so that would be my keepsake. Um, what is my hot take? Oh, God, I, I kind of want to go there. Go there. I'm going to go there. <laughs> my hot take is that, darling, no one can make you feel not included except yourself. Um, and that isolation, baby, is a prison. And uh, that was something that was experienced on this trip, and I wish that it hadn't been, but it was. And the hot take really is just that I feel so grateful that I am no longer in that place Mm. because I spent many years hurting my own feelings around my friends and feeling left out and feeling insecure and feeling like a supporting character and like not loved enough and resented my friends for it and resented them after we stopped being friends mm-hmm. up until recently. Mm-hmm. And now I realize that that was all me. Yeah. Um, no one can, you know, no one can live your life for you. No one can, you know, of course there are people that can make you feel purposely excluded but I think that as an adult and adult friendships, it's really, it's never about the other person. It's about you. And um, it's, you know, what's so funny is that we talked about this in a really recent episode, not about anybody in particular. Like we were just talking mostly about ourselves, like our past selves and realizing that we were the ones who were inhibiting our, um, mm-hmm. our closeness with the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it was kind of profound to watch that in action um, while we were having such a connective experience with our new friends. And there were just a couple people around us that I was like, wow, what's happening here is kind of exactly what we had been talking about ourselves doing mm-hmm. um, in the past. So I, of course, really felt for them and I understood what was happening on that level. But, you know, when some projection happens and um, and that the blame hits a little bit, <laughs> it's like a little bit. It, it can be frustrating to, um, you know, you can't save other people from themselves. And it. Yeah, because, darling, it ain't none of my business. It ain't, it ain't none of my business. Mama is um, going to vibe. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's my hot take. Yeah. OK, your turn. OK, my turn. My mistake was definitely um, a couple of times letting 
other people's, for lack of a better word, like bad vibes. Like I kind of internalized that a couple of times and like, Mm -hmm. and absorbed the blame that was put on me that I don't think was necessarily not, not put on, not put on me specifically. Let me be clear, but put on the people around them. And I just happened to be one of those people. I definitely Mm -hmm. felt like responsible for other people's feelings a couple of times on this trip and that's a bad habit of mine. You know, you can definitely be responsible for hurting another person's feelings. I'm not saying that that is not part of life, but more often than not, um, people can't make you feel bad without your permission. Mm-hmm. And um, and I definitely, I know my intentions and I know the energy that I put out there. And I also know that when you have a group of more than like 10 people, like this was a group of like 20 people, I think, ultimately, um, that not everybody knew each other and some people knew each other for a very long time. There were a lot of dynamics that I were not, I was not aware of until after the fact that were at play. Um, mm-hmm. And so when there's that many people around each other, you know, it's not like everybody is going to 100% mesh and that is totally okay. And that's part of life. But um, when I was having such a lovely experience, it like, it hurt my feelings almost to see other people not having that experience or having it for a brief moment. But then the second that they felt any kind of other way, they let that kind of cloud their whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I really, my mistake was like taking that on because I think after a long, after this long pandemic um, and of not really spending a lot of time in like groups, It's been a long time since I've had to navigate something like that, and I've done so much growth in the meantime (laughs) that um, I finally got to put to work, and I almost didn't tap into that growth during that experience. Like I went immediately into, how is this my fault mode? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, there can be things that there are definitely things that all of us as individuals could have done better because in every single dynamic in the world, um, you can navigate things, quote unquote, better. But even if we had done even if we assessed the situation perfectly and what got to go back and relive it, there would be consequences for those actions, too. You know, there's always. You can't please everyone. That is just part of. Yeah. And um, also, it is not your job to please anybody. And so that was something that I I forgot, kind of, I guess, during this. Because I really, I I was the most odd one out in this group. I was the one that knew Mm -hmm. the least people going into it. Mm -hmm. And so I took a lot of, I, I put a lot of responsibility on my shoulders on how my energy would impact the experience. Because I was the variable, it felt like to me. And so when people did not have a good time, and to be clear, I think everyone had mostly a good time and a few people just got tired at the end and they let that color their entire experience. At least that's how I see it. But when a few people did not have a good time, I was like, oh no, it's me. I'm the new thing. And so it's my fault. (laughs) Yeah. And that ain't true, actually. Sorry. Sorry if you feel that No, it's not. You were navigating, we all were navigating um, a sense of emotional entitlement. I'll say it. That's what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. so that was my mistake because to be honest, every, 
Every single person I met on this trip, with the exception of one, and if you're listening to this, you're already not that one, I'm sure. So don't internalize this if you know that you're one of the people that there was friction with at some point. You're not who I'm talking about. Everybody except for the except the exception of that one person, I did really like and connected with um, yeah, at, at, at some point. So I, I do not walk away with any you know, hard feelings, but I do, um, (laughs) I do think that we could all maybe have something to gain from thinking about how we ourselves could have enhanced our own experiences. Like the whole thing was actually also a very funny reminder of like how, no matter what group of people you get together and no matter how, um, quote unquote radical or open-minded or spiritually grown they are, Petty drama is human nature, and it happens no matter what. And, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. four or five days is one too many days in the woods with um, (laughs) one group of people. I'll say it. Yeah. So that was my mistake. My keepsake, the absolute flip side of that is, like I was saying, like we were saying before, I feel like I made some lifelong friends, and I felt more connected to myself than I have in a very long time. Um, And I felt more connected to you maybe ever. Yeah. Same. Um, And I felt like, you know, not to no no midsummer, but I felt very hailed. (laughs) I felt held by the earth and I felt held by my friends, both old and new. Um, and I felt fucking, I really fell in love with myself in a way that I wasn't anticipating doing on this trip. There was something about how fucking funny as fuck you and I were together, um, the whole time (laughs) and like just how I felt so connected with you. Like we were sharing a brain sometimes that was like so, um, profound and so hard to, it's so hard to find that in this world. And so I was like, damn, like I was put on this earth to vibe. <laughs> and then I found uh, this person through a crazy number of things. So many things had to happen for you and I to find each other. I know. Um, <laughs> and I find that I just was like, so like, I was like, oh, maybe I'm not that I actively think of myself as a broken person, but I was like, maybe I'm not broken because I'm, I found this person and she gets me in this way that is like unfathomable. Um, And so, you know, if my brain works this way and her brain works this way and I love her so much, then maybe I'm also worth that kind of love, you know? And you are, girly. (laughs) You are. That's Um, for sure. (laughs) And like, you know, watching other people like experience me for the first time and like that experience. I was like, oh, that's so wild that these people that I like, I walked in and immediately was like, yes, these two, you know, like, um, and seeing them feel the same way about me. I was like, that's just such a, it's nice to just be reminded that. That's like we were we said this on the trip that like so much of our lives is spent like chasing the approval of people that like you don't actually need when you Mm -hmm. there are so many people on this earth that you haven't met yet or that you have met um, that the second you meet 
is like that's it's just this instant like yes you you know and so if those yep. people exist then why the fuck are you chasing this fickle approval from that other person um and so you know shout out to river and alex because they they gave that to me and they also reminded me of all the people that i already have that with and um since i got back i've been like really reaching out to a lot of my friends um, who I, I already talk to on the regular basis, but like just with that new renewed sense of like, yep, you're one of my people and you've never made me feel less than, and you've never made me feel like you need more from me. Um, and so that's where I'm investing my time and energy in y'all, not in, not in my Twitter followers or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. like anyway, that's my keepsake. I have a, a renewed sense of love for myself and for the people that I already love and the people that I will love. That's maybe one of the weirdest things about meeting new people that you connect with is the reminder that like these people have been on this earth, like the whole time I've been on this earth. Mm -hmm. So think of all the other people that are just out there right now that I'm just waiting to connect with and fall in love with. And they're waiting for me too, darling. That's a good feeling. Amen, sister. Anyway, my hot take. Yeah. What's your hot take? My hot take um, is that uh, there is so much love in this world that is not romantic love. And we have, um, you know, I definitely have internalized that like romantic love is like the pinnacle of being seen and understood and loved by another person. Um, and that's, I, you know, because that's kind of how our society treats love. And for a very long time now, I've known that platonic love is where I get the majority of my fulfillment. And um, for at least now in my life, it's it's the love that I need and that I seek. And my hot take is that, like, if it's not the time for romantic love for you right now, uh, that doesn't mean that you are not being cherished and loved um, just as much. And if not if not more, you're being cherished and loved because you have all this time for all these other kinds of relationships. And yeah, there was a there were a few times on this trip, you know, witnessing um, a, another married couple because I have a lot of married couples in my life, and now I have one more. And seeing like their profound connection and love for each other, it a couple times made me sad that I don't have that. And yeah, I got definitely sad about it when I came home and sort of thought about like, yeah, they're texting me telling me they miss me too. But at the end of the day, they have each other in this way that I don't really like I'm not I'm not being like spooned at the end of the night uh, by yeah. anybody. And so I had to kind of pull myself out of that a little bit and remind myself of the hot, the hot, hot, spicy take that um, romantic love is not necessarily the goal. And I've and it is not my goal, I don't think. Not right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from meditating on that a little bit. Not maybe literally meditate, but, you know, just think, just let that simmer that there's so yeah. much other kinds of love in this in this life. And um, in my experience, I've had amazing romantic loves, don't get me wrong, but there have definitely been times where I sought romantic love because I thought that was going to fill some kind of hole. And sure, it filled a hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get hole, it. That hole can get filled by uh by anybody, darling. 
I'm talking about my yeah. pussy. Anyway. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, I had that moment when I was um, candy flipping, when I was like making out with someone and we were having, having a very tender, lovely moment. And they're like a really cool person that I really enjoyed having that like intimate moment with. But like during it, I was like watching like you and Kiwi and River and Alex like in the hammocks. And I was like, this is really nice. But like, I would so much rather like be with my friends right now. <laughs> and I I always feel that way when I'm like in a relationship with someone. I haven't yeah. been in a lot of relationships, but every time I've been in a relationship with someone, I've always been like, oh, this is nice. But I would so much rather be with my friends. <laughs> and obviously that means that like, you know, the people I've been with, I didn't. I wasn't like as into as I thought, but also I just, I don't even think it meant that. I just think that it meant that I was not looking for what I thought I was looking for. It wasn't the person, it was me. Mm. So I get that. I'm like, I'm so much more interested in just like filling my life with platonic love and then like having sex when I like need to have those in like certain intimate romantic needs met. Yeah. Well, like intimacy can be so many things. And I think so many people try to treat romantic love like it is the only option to achieve Mm -hmm. that kind of intimacy. Um, And I have kind of since I since I was like 18, basically, I've been trying to navigate the romantic world in a way that makes sense to me. And like traditional monogamous, like romantic love has never truly like hit my soul right and it's been hard to kind of describe why and i've i've had many like alternative kinds of relationships to try to like fit myself into romance in a way that like makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure one day that will happen for me but i'm also like maybe one day it won't you know because like i I like this um there's a part of me that sort of feels like i was like put on this earth (laughs) no i don't think that we actually get put on this earth for any particular purpose but you know if we were i was put on this earth to um love and be loved by many many people Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the right partner is somebody who is also like that and they'll come to me when the time is right. Um, but it, if they don't, I'm like, I'm more and more okay with that. Um, and my yeah. hot, my hot, hot take is that, that more people should think about that a little bit more. I think, um, I think we're in a culture of just chasing, chasing, chasing like Prince charming. <laughs> Agreed. And that's not, I, I I don't want a prince charming. I want a prince um, or princess uh, vibing. That's what I want. Uh, yeah. I'd like you to be charming too, though. I, like <laughs> I sure do like to be charmed, darling. I have no idea what the fuck up of the week is because I've not do. been in the news. Okay, great. I love that. Um, so lay the it fuck on up me. Of the early. week, in my opinion. The first thing I saw when we got back, um, Janet Mock um, gave a speech um, at an event for the the final season premiere of Pose and had a complete and utter fucking breakdown. Some of what she said was true. She called out Ryan Murphy for basically using trans people and women for his show she told Hollywood to go fuck itself and said, I don't fucking need Hollywood. 
Um, oh my God. How did I not see this? Fuck this industry. The, the mistake was that she then also yelled for her boyfriend, Angel Curiel, who's on the show and said, stand up, baby. And he like nervously stood up and she was like, and you know that I cheated on you and I'm sorry. Like, that's right. I fuck someone in the crew. And like, yeah, like in front of, and I guess he was like really like nervously like shifting around and was like, oh, like, why are you doing this? And then she admitted to like regretting um, giving the speech and her like reps have not been able to um, be reached for comment since. Oh my God. How did I miss this entirely? It was, yeah, it was uh, crazy. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay. Well, I mean, like, she's probably not wrong about all the things that she complained about, but what a way to do it. Yeah, but then, like, oh, and she was like, and baby, like, you can't leave me. Like, don't leave me. Like, I know I did this to you, but don't leave me. To, like, a room full of people. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. No. And I guess there were, like, people in the crowd, like, gasping and being like, what the fuck is going on right now? That is wild. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go read about that. I did not. Thank you. Thank you for the update, Queen. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I love Pose, but I wonder if I wonder if she has any legitimate points she made or if it was just a true meltdown. I haven't. It was, seemed like a meltdown because it started off with her complaining about how little money she's being paid. I guess she gets paid like 40K or something. Per episode, I thought. Yeah. But isn't that a lot? It is. But she was <laughs> like, I'm worth more. <laughs> okay. Huh. I'm like, that's what Hollywood will do to you, I guess. Yeah. Well, Janet, let, let's go to the woods, darling. We have, <laughs> we, have <a> few, <laughs> we have a few drugs to show you. Seriously, girl. It'll all be okay. I didn't know that the angel was her boyfriend. Yeah, she left her husband, Aaron, and started dating Angel. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angel's hot. Good for her. I mean, yeah. I hope. I hope good for her. Maybe they're not together anymore. But yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. It's crazy. It's crazy what can happen when you're completely off the grid for just like four days. I know. Um, I keep like slowly catching up on things just based on like uh, tweets. I'm like, okay, a lot of people tweeted about this. So this must be something, but I don't know what. Yeah, I was going to say that the fuck up. From my, from just my perspective today is how much anybody gives a shit about Bill Gates getting divorced. Oh, like, I know, literally. You want to know what the the opposite of the fuck up of the week was? What? Will Smith uh, and his out of shape photo. Oh, that, that was so hot. Keeps, it's it, first of all, he looks so hot. So hot. Um, and second of all, I just think it is absolutely vital that we all. Um, come out of this pandemic knowing that uh, everybody's bodies are going to just look like what they look like. I know not everybody gained weight or like whatever, but like I feel I see a lot of my friends feeling very like self-conscious of what their pandemic body or like, you know, what their changes are. Um, And I'm like, baby, even if there wasn't a pandemic, let's just say that you have just been put away somewhere for over a year, like, of course, you're going to come out looking different. It's fine. Yeah. And I just love, love Will Smith being like, so I'm fat now. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks hot. He does look really it. hot. But I actually, I love, um, on 
I love a dad bod on both men and women. Can we just start calling it the dad bod on everybody? Yes. It's a very specific type of body that is not necessarily, I don't think, is there like a woman version of it? No. It's like a layer of fat over an in-shape body, you know? Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing hotter to me than that. Anyway, this episode we're talking about uh, Emma Roberts. And Evan Peters and their domestic assault fiasco. So get into it. So get the fuck into it, everybody. And uh, kiss your friends on the mouth, as always. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Listener mistakes. So, um, Haley, Haley Beacon, who is a comedian, I want to say in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I always forget where my friends are from. <laughs> I like know that I've that she came to New York and that I've met her at her wherever she lives, but I've just been in too many places and now I don't remember. I think San Francisco. She's very funny um, and she sent us some mistakes. Um, So I'm just going to read them because they're all really short and really funny. She said, boy, I have so many. And I said, send them all. And she said, LOL. She said, LOL. Well, today I refused to go get my car key fixed and kept duct taping it together. And it literally (laughs) fell apart and fell off yesterday. And I'm scrounging my neighborhood looking for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Another time in college, a new season of Pretty Little Liars came out on Netflix. So I just didn't study for finals (laughs) at all and told my professors I was sick and cried till they let me reschedule. Also, one time I left my passport at home and had to fly a day after all my friends who went to Iceland without me. Oh, my God. Um, Another time I broke my phone and was too poor and all my friends fundraised money for me to get a new one. And then six weeks later, I lost that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) So that's our listener mistake of today. Um, Honestly, all of them are mistakes that I would make. Yeah, same. <laughs> Absolutely. Mostly the phone one. For me, it's definitely the Pretty Little Liars one to That's just so watch funny. TV instead of studying for finals and then crying until I get to reschedule. <laughs> That's something that I've done a version of several times. Yeah. Um, and I've taken that habit into my professional life at times as well, where I'm same. like, oh, no, something came up. LOL, that something is that I started watching Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. <laughs> and I simply had to keep watching it instead of doing what you asked me to do. Um, so love that. Deep dive. Deep dive. This is so stupid. <laughs> and honestly, it's happened while this happened while we were recording the podcast. So it should have been my mistake of the week at some point, mm-hmm. but I just forgot to do it. Um, so now it's a deep dive because it happened like a month ago. So because everybody is, um, you know, coming out of their little quarantine cocoons and it's getting warmer out in New York and like, I don't know. I've just, I've been patronizing more businesses than usual. I've mm-hmm. been, been going to bars and cafes again. And I've been like, 
going shopping more and I'm just out and about more. And something that I now realize is just something that everyone's been doing because we're all so deprived from human contact um, is people who don't know each other are greeting each other with the enthusiasm of people that have that do know each other. Yeah. They're like just excited to yeah. see people, right? Yeah. But at the very beginning of all this, like a month ago or maybe longer, um, I walked into a cafe and the barista greeted me with that kind of energy. And I just assumed we know each other and I forget who she is. Yeah. So I, <laughs> instead of just like faking my way through the interaction with like, you know, kind of a neutral, like, I could know you, I could not know you kind of energy. Uh I just went full force and said, it's so nice to see you again. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, do we know each other? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can't remember where, but like, I I just like know that, like, I like just like fucking bulldozed through that rather than just being like, sorry, I thought that you were greeting me as if we knew each other. No, we actually don't. I'm so glad, you know, like, yes, I guess just, like girl boss gatekeep. Look at you. I just, um, <laughs> gaslit her and was like, like yeah, for sure. We know each other, but don't worry about it. It's okay that you don't remember. And then she just kept pressing it. She kept being like, Oh, did you used to live in this neighborhood? Like I used to work at that cafe. Oh, like, like she just like really was trying to figure out where we knew each other. And I was like, babe, we do not know each other. That's and I so just funny. can't admit it. And, uh, her coworker was right there and watching the whole interaction. And I could tell that he, could, he knew <laughs> that I just like fucked up. <laughs> and he was just like, like just very amused watching the whole thing go down. And then she was like, Oh God, it just turned into this, like, she just ended up also kind of faking it and being like, yeah, like you look familiar. Like, I'm sorry. I don't remember. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like it turned into this whole thing where for the whole interaction, we were both pretending we remembered each other. I love that. (laughs) And I was like, I should have just greeted her with the same enthusiasm and gone on with the interaction mm. and not been like, oh, I'll <laughs> I'll see your how are you today and raise you it's so good to see you again. <laughs> well, absolute cringy behavior. Um and I now just know that it's because everyone's just excited to see people at all that everyone has been greeting everyone like that. Because then the next the next day I went to a bar and the bartender did the same thing to me. And I was like, well, I know I don't know this person. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, this is just what people are doing now. And, and you know what it is? People are just people now have like the regular amount of customer service friendliness. But in New York where we're not used to it. Yeah. <laughs> People are being Midwest nice in New York, and I don't know what to do with it. Um, So I accidentally gaslit this barista um, and made it so I can never go back to one of the nicer cafes in my neighborhood ever again, because I can't speak to that woman again. so funny. Best mistake. Well, um... This relates to um, Emma Roberts today, who I would say was gaslit by uh, the media and many of her fans um, when she was arrested for domestic abuse and the charges were dropped 
which is important to note, um, for beating up her boyfriend at the time, Evan Peters. Um, if you don't know Emma Roberts, <laughs> wake the fuck up. <laughs> She's uh, on Scream Queens. You know her as Madison Montgomery on American Horror Story. Um, famously, Julia Roberts' niece. Um, Aquarius icon and legend. Um she and it's kind of a funny story. It's kind of a funny story. Palo Alto. Palo Alto, so much. Yeah. Uh what what else? Um oh, uh what was the show that she was on on Nickelodeon? Where she played a guitar? Yeah. I forget. Whatever that was. Like she's been around forever. Um, and she is mostly famous for being a bitch and being like unknowable is kind of how I would describe her. Interesting. Um, that's like the persona. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> that's the persona that she has. <laughs> Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, she's mostly known for being that meme. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> latched on to like who people think she is. Yeah. And I've heard varying stories about what she's like. Some say she's a bitch. Some say she's just fine. Uh, but anyway. And I relate. And I relate. Um, so she and Evan Peters started dating in 2013. They split up in 2019. Um, their relationship was described as being passionate, messy, toxic, etc. Um, they were constantly breaking up and then getting back together. Um, very like toxic, cishet relationship bullshit. Um, but they kept getting back together. They were in love. Um, Anyway, um, I'm going to pull up the article to have the actual date. Um, so in 2013, you've probably seen the photos, um, which I used to post like as like memes. And then I found out recently that they're from her sobbing because she had just been arrested for <laughs> beating up Evan Peters. So now I don't use them anymore. <laughs> but there are very famous paparazzi photos of her sobbing um, in a parking lot and Evan mm. Peters is holding her and like cradling her. 2013, they get into a fight. Um, somebody calls, they're at a hotel. Somebody calls the police and says that they hear a domestic disturbance happening. The police come in. Emma Roberts... Um, has scratches and bruises on her, but Evan Peters has a bloody nose and like a fat lip. So they come to the conclusion that there had been a dispute that Emma Roberts had hit him. Um, he had also clearly hit her, um, and but she was arrested. So Emma Roberts is arrested for domestic abuse and assault. She's booked. Um, she gets out. Evan Peters declines to press charges. Everything is dropped. Everything is cleared. They even get back together. And this is 2013, mind you. They continue dating until 2019. Um, or 20, 2018, 2019. Um, and so this happens. It's a fight. And um, basically what happens is that the ensuing aftermath, TMZ, Pop Sugar, all of the tabloids start painting her as being a like violent abuser. Um, there's an article that I found today, um, from the things.com, um, that was literally written in November of 2020 called why wasn't Emma Roberts canceled after her altercation with Evan Peters. Um, so it's like still, uh, like still something that persists to this day. Um, also like 
why hasn't Chris Brown been canceled? Well, why hasn't exactly. Sean Penn been canceled? Exactly. Like, we're not going to start with Emma Roberts. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> She's not like number one. She's not enemy, public enemy number one when it comes to domestic disputes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk about it because I, I, I had like known about this, but I posted about her recently, like photos of her and was like something about her being an icon and I had like a bunch of people reply and be like, oh, like, oh, you stand abusers? Like, oh, she's she's abusive. Like, why is no one talking about it? She abused Evan Peters. And so I looked into it because I was like, oh, fuck. Like, is she really an abuser? Damn. It clearly is not the case. Like, I would not say that this was like an abuser, like, you know, predator versus prey situation. <laughs> it very clearly was just like a toxic fight mm-hmm. with her boyfriend They both hit each other. Shit got heated. And for some reason, her fans turned on her and decided... And I mean, I think we all know why, which is that at this time, everyone was in love with Evan Peters. Which is so funny because they were in love with his toxic character. They were his rapist character. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Misogyny. Um, Am I right? Am am I right, ladies? (laughs) Um, And I just think it's so interesting that, like, years later, 2020, it was 2013, and so she's my age, so she's 25. 2013. Oh, my God. She's that young? She was 18 in 2013. Oh, my God. Get over it. 18 years old. She's 25 now. She's married with a baby. Yeah. Like, and it still haunts her, like, follows her to this day. But what's really funny about the situation is that... I want to see if I can find it. Um, a week, or no, I'm sorry, not a week, two days um, before uh, this happened, um, before the altercation happened, she had been in an interview talking about mistakes and talking about fuck ups. Oh my God. Yeah. And Emma, um, come on the pod. Yeah, Emma, come on the pod. <laughs> um, and God, where is it? Because there's a really, um, it's just like a little interesting quote that she says about like how she feels about mistakes and it's so funny that it lit like it literally hit the stands um two days after all of this happened and oh that's so funny and part of um and obviously the interview was from before it happened yeah and part of the interview is that she um talks about the fact that um people don't actually know who she is and that people have this whole idea um of who she is based off of her persona mm-hmm. which obviously i just think that's interesting because then this happened and people very much were like we had no idea that she was this kind of person this whole situation reminds me so much of what happened to caroline flack and why she ultimately unfortunately um committed suicide um because she was in a domestic dispute and she's from England. So the tabloids, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast now in England are fucking ruthless. And, um, and it sounds like you even said that that article was from like the sun yeah, about Emma. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. even in Emma's case as an American actress, um, it was like the English tabloids that ripped her to shreds. I'm sure ours did too, but they just they have a special way of absolutely going for the jugular and um yeah caroline felt like her life and career were over because she was just like permanently labeled as this abuser and here's the thing like i'm not going to excuse what happened for either of these people yeah. you shouldn't you should not physically hurt anybody ever period but there's a difference between 
one fight uh, and like you said, predator versus prey. Yeah. Um, and there's also, unfortunately, like, I want everything to be equal, obviously, but sometimes there is just something about actual physical strength and how much you actually hurt the other person that um, I think comes into play when deciding whether this person is permanently canceled or not. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm not advocating for, you know, I'm not saying free Emma Roberts or free Caroline Flack, but I'm saying that we're not like, it's weird that we're, it is misogyny that we're starting with them when people like Sean Penn and Chris Brown have like full blown careers. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like literally she was a teenager. Yeah. And Caroline was a full-grown woman and also, you know, was problematic for, well, in the eyes of the public, was problematic for a few reasons. She dated Harry Styles when he was, like, 17 and she was, like, 32. Yeah. Um, She's dead now, so I don't think we really need to pick apart her character. <laughs> but I, it's worth noting that it wasn't like she was, like, this happened in a vacuum. But it is unfortunate that it led a person to suicide, that we yeah. decided that it was, like, the public's... Uh, the public's like business in the first place, what happened um, when there's no precedent for us dealing with it in any similar way when it's like men who do it. Yeah. I also found the quote. Amazing. Um, so it was from a, um, I found it in an article uh, on NikkiSwift.com. It was from an article that she did with Nylon. So the paragraph says, The timing couldn't have been worse for the actress, as only days after the news broke, her interview with Nylon hit the stands. Ironically enough, Roberts spoke about her public image, claiming that a lot of people perceive her differently. The biggest plot twist was that she talked about making mistakes, where she dished, I can't say I'm never going to mess up, but if I do, I'll definitely be very sorry. Um, which is like <laughs> so funny and PR trained. Yeah. I haven't fucked up yet, but if I'm I have, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> very Aquarius of her. Um, I also, it's like, there's so much context too to like Emma Roberts and like, I'm not excusing violence in a relationship, but no, she comes from like a mistake. Yeah. She comes from like such like a chaotic, uh, family. Like her dad's an alcoholic. Her mom's an alcoholic. She doesn't speak to either parent, like very tumult. So it's like, she's been through so much. She also has been in the public eye since she was like eight. And I think the fact that she's even like doing as well as she is. Mm-hmm. now is i mean we've seen so many girls our age and you know older um in the same positions as her be absolutely wrecked yeah and the fact that she was able to like overcome that situation and move on from it yeah and i honestly if, forgot all about it yeah, until you brought that up she never she's never really spoken about it except just it, yeah actually not at all she hasn't spoken about it i was looking to see if she had on podcasts or that's honestly the best move yeah she is like very media trained <laughs> media trained and well i just i i appreciate uh her um the way that she navigates fame because it seems to me from the outside looking in that she is very aware that there is a persona that she has created pretty much based off of Coven and she leans into it. Um, But she is like very unknowable, which again, is very Aquarius, very hot. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, violence and domestic violence specifically are like inexcusable in the moment. But I also think that like, the um 
forgiveness is like up to the person that it happened to. Yeah. And he, in the end, forgave her. Yeah. And they dated for three or four more years. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you're like, if it's a sensitive subject for you and you like can't ever support her again, that's obviously your prerogative. I'm yeah. not like, once again, this is not a free Emma yeah, Roberts totally. But situation. if you're like a 26 year old woman who is on Twitter being like, Someone who did something when they were 18, like... Once again, it's one of those situations dick. of, like, it's really not up to you to tell other people how to feel about this situation yeah. or this person. Especially just the amount of grace that has been given to people who have done worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, most of these people are, like, going to yell at you for posting that she's an icon. But, like, they listen to the Beatles and Michael Jackson. Well, exactly. It's always a woman that has to be made an example out of... And it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Or I mean, yes. well, no, we, I agree. Well, it does make sense. We know why. Misogyny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it, it's uh, giving me a very much uh, when Rihanna was dropped by, what was it? Cover Girl for taking Chris Brown back. Oh, like right. she was the As one. As if that was like, right. Yeah. yeah. And that to this day, people still say they lost respect for her when she said that she forgave Chris Brown. Right. It's like, you don't get to tell someone on either end of the spectrum how to navigate their own trauma, whether or not they were the perpetrator or the victim. Right. It's like, and also what about like restorative justice? Right. Are we supposed to cancel Emma Roberts? Because when she was 18, she punched her boyfriend in the mouth. Right. Uh, like what that's fucking insane how do we feel about like in that same line of thought though like how how old was chris brown when that happened hold Um, on let's google it (laughs) (laughs) so he was like a similar age yeah i mean i with chris brown i have a different opinion of it just because what he did was so violent right well yeah that's what i mean like the the amount of like actual um damage that was yeah. but it was also it's rihanna's place to forgive him more than it is ours exactly. and she did do that yeah so i mean i don't but, like okay i mean circling back around to what i just said about emma roberts if you as a person don't feel like forgiving him yeah. that's up to you but he was never canceled i mean another is emma roberts right like her career yeah. truly did not suffer from this at all but i think she did get a little bit more public like the, the outcry for forgiving Chris Brown happened so fast. Yeah. Like, people wanted to, like, move on from it so quickly. Yeah. Obviously, it continues to be a point of, like, contention for people. Like, I regularly hear people debate whether, like, we should be playing Chris Brown on this playlist or not. You know, like, yeah. people, it's not like we as a society got over it, but the media seemed to get over it pretty quickly. Yeah. To my memory. Yeah. No, for sure. And then, like you said, the the focus was on Rihanna. For yeah, a while, the Oprah about, like, interview, the Mac Forgiving or him too quickly or whatever. But like yeah. actually him and what he did, it ended up kind of feeling like we let that go so quickly. Yeah. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it, there's a double standard for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I honestly don't know how I feel about either of them. Like me personally, how I, because I've been like sitting here kind of not listening to Chris Brown this whole time. Yeah. But I have been, I have gotten over the Emma Roberts thing. I don't know if that's my own implicit bias. Cause I know men. I'm sure have, it is. Yeah. For I've, me too. Yeah. I've known men that have, um, been the recipient of domestic violence from women and they are like continually upset by how much less seriously women take that yeah. And I feel like I'm currently in this moment one of those women. No, I mean, I like, I just, I know in my heart of hearts that if 
this were if Evan Peters were the one who punched Emma Roberts in the face. Yeah. I still would be like, because I think it's fucked up that Emma Roberts did that. And I would yeah. be like, that's fucked up. But I still, it was like, what? I just think there's a difference between toxicity and real abuse. Not to say that abuse isn't toxic, right? But like, I think there's a difference between making a mistake one time and hitting someone in the heat of the moment versus you're an actual abuser and you do it again and again. Yeah. And And again, it's, you know, it's not up to me to decide, but. And it just, it calls back into the question, what is our business as, you know, the general public? Yeah. Like what, what wrongdoings of a celebrity are even, our thing to forgive them or not forgive them for yeah. something as serious as like the allegations against Michael Jackson, I feel like are the public's business because yeah. he was using his fame to get uh, in touch with those little boys. Yeah. He literally like his f- being a figure in the public was part of the problem of yeah. that whole situation. And it was just like a pattern and, um, happened over and over again and it was also children mm-hmm. but then something where you're both you're like an 18 year old girl and whatever he was like your 19 year old boyfriend or whatever yeah, 20 or whatever that like you both happen to be famous but the the dispute had kind of nothing to do with that like your public life it was like something that happened and kind of the chris brown and rihanna that's true about them too yeah. Like, is that our business? I, I mean, I'm literally just asking. I'm not even trying to make a point. No, yeah. I don't... Re- <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, wondering Ew. what... You want to cancel anyone in that relationship? Cancel Evan Peters, because guess how old he was? 26. <laughs> and she was you, 19? And she was... You want to talk about predators, baby? <laughs> yeah, let me double check uh, what year she was born. I'm pretty sure we're the exact same age. Uh, Interesting. Let's see. She was born... Oh, we're not the same age. Hold on. Let me see. Wait, what year was she born? 91. Oh, okay. She was still young, though. So yeah. 91, 2013. She's 22. That's still fucking young. Yeah. I literally stalked my ex-boyfriend for three months <laughs> when I was 22. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it, That's so... I mean, this is honestly... this. I'm having like a weird... Um, I'm rethinking everything I think about tough. celebrities. It's yeah, it's, it's complicated. <clears throat> it's complex. Because I also have like not... Like, I have not gotten over the Sean Penn and Madonna thing. Yeah. And that also was, like, a private matter. And she seems to have forgiven him. She talks about him in, like, nothing but a just, like, that's my ex kind of way. Yeah. Huh. I guess I just have never... I've been lucky enough to have never been physically hurt by um, somebody that I'm in a relationship with. So my only perspective on it has been just being a spectator who's like, that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And it is. Yeah, but it's just but like I have there's no personal th- experience with it. Uh, yeah, I just think that like uh, I don't know. M- maybe people. I'm sure someone will get mad at me for this. Maybe not. I just think we need to offer people more grace, and I think we need to not be so knee jerk about our reactions to situations that we truly know nothing about. True. Um, and I mean, I feel the same way about you know we talked about this with the Me Too movement with men who are accused of assaulting people now I'm much less knee jerk mm-hmm. about it and I do want to hear what they have to say and I you know yeah. I want to hear them both out and it's also not even in a like for me part of it is like you know an allegation is an allegation and believe believe women means um listen to women yeah. when they say something like because for so long it was like 
that sucks, sweetie. We're sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. And so to me, like people have taken the words believe women a little bit too literally. And now it's like there's just no other like if somebody says that something happened, that means it definitely happened. Yep. And that is just like. Once again, have we not read To Kill a Mockingbird, everybody? Like, (laughs) that's not, that's not sustainable. That's not realistic. But I'm not just saying that from that perspective. I also think that I want to hear what you have to say, even if it did happen. Yeah. Because have you learned? Have you grown? Have you, like, done any kind of repentance for what happened? Once again, is it my place to forgive you? I don't know. Robert's did repent. She had a baby. You know, (laughs) (laughs) she became a mom. What more do you want? Hardest job in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, interesting. I I really, it's gotten so complicated. I don't know um, how to feel about it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't really either. But this is how I. uh, But it is ultimately a mistake, and this is a mistake podcast. And sometimes how we culturally have reacted to things for a long time, or how we're currently culturally culturally reacting to to things, um, has uh, errors. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting. That's like. I mean, obviously, obviously there's no answer or else we would have solved this by now. This is like a tale as old as time of like, uh, like, you know, for a long time, the answer has been separate the art from the artist or whatever. I think that's also too simple. Yeah, I do too. So we're not going to, you know, we're simply not going to get to the bottom of it on this podcast, but I hope that this made everybody think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope, hope it made, made you made think you... a thought. <laughs> Just at least one thought. Just think a thought. Why don't you go sit and think a thought? Um, <laughs> touch grass, think touch a grass, thought. Think a thought, learn a book. <laughs> <laughs> do drugs do you, with your don't friends. Don't hit anybody. <laughs> don't hit anyone. Do drugs with your friends. <laughs> yeah, don't hit anybody. Don't do anything um, against uh, anyone's wishes or consent. And... Um, Nika slowly unbuttoning her whole outfit, and I feel like I'm about to be flashed no, as, I'm ta- a, as I'm talking about consent. I have a bodysuit on underneath it. <laughs> I got invited to um, last minute plans while we were recording, so I started undressing. <laughs> were you texting while you were looking something up? No, I actually was not texting. Okay. I was looking for that article. It's okay. There it's okay if you did text. I'm just. Wondering. I didn't. I got a text, but I didn't okay. text. And back. you read it. I did read it. Ugh. It popped up as I was looking at the Pop Sugar article. That's Whatever. my mistake of the week. <laughs> I read a text while we were recording. I wasn't fully present. Sorry, I just knew this uh, episode so well that I just, you know, could be both places. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that you can't relate. <laughs> I, I've been um, I've been in more than one place during this app because I'm I've been like planning my evening. Oh, yeah. Sort of- you have an evening. I have an evening. Yeah. Listen, we're we're very busy, important people. <laughs> what do we think the moral of the story is then? Moral of the story. I think the moral of the story is that we have to allow people growth, and we mm-hmm. we um we have to allow people to grow from their mistakes, which is obviously like the moral of this podcast. But I think <laughs> um also. Well, and one mistake doesn't define a person. Exactly. Yeah. And I, th- that's, I think that would be the moral of the story. One yeah. mistake doesn't define a person. Yeah. Yeah. 
True. Emma, come on the pod. Come on the pod, Emma. I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> My entire personality is built after you and Palo Alto and Coven. So, I love that. So. So. Um, okay, yeah. I, I co-sign. I co-sign that statement. I also um, think that the moral of the story is, once again, like, just societal double standards yeah. of reactions Death. and keeping our our little eyes on that. Yeah. Because I get swept up I'm swept up in it sometimes, too. And here's another moral of the story. Mind your fucking business. Yeah, mind your business. <laughs> and that goes both ways, you know? Celebrities, mind your business. We don't need to hear your take on everything. Yeah. And uh, civilians, mind your business. We don't need to have our opinion on every single action a celebrity makes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. So go touch grass. Go touch grass. Go kiss your friends on, on the, the mouth. mouth. <laughs> that's, our, that's our sign off. Yeah. All right, besties, go kiss, kiss your, your friends, friends on, on the, the mouth. mouth. Follow us. Email us your mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Um, new episodes every Thursday. Every Thursday, baby. And we love you. We love you. <laughs>